Welcome to Build Your Maverick Business, the podcast for underdog, outlier, and renegade entrepreneurs. Brought to you by Strange Creative Studio. If you dream of going off on your own and launching your rebel empire, but don't know where to start, you're in the right place. We'll teach you how to use mindset, branding, and practical advice to build a killer business and transform your world. And now, here's your host, founder of Strange, Alex Pitt. Hello, my darlings. How are we doing? Hope you're having a lovely week so far. I have no complaints on this side. Last week was rough as fuck, but I tell you what, went and had a massage on Friday night, didn't I? So, yeah... Feeling all right, feeling fresh. And I'm going to head on down to the gym later on, not to actually do a workout, just to sit in the hot tub and stare into space. I know how to live, guys. I know how to live. Anyway, I have said so many times before on this podcast how much I love random waves of inspiration. The times where I'm sat doing something that's completely not business related, and suddenly I think, oh, that's going in the podcast. And something similar happened to me the other day. And it was when I was thinking about a TV show that was very close to my heart as a young girl. Not so much now, I have to say I've grown up a bit, but it will still always have a little place in my life. And that show is South Park. Now, if you've never seen South Park, I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't recommend you start now. Not all of the content has aged that well. It was controversial at the time. It's a bit more so these days. So yeah, don't don't take this as a cue to go off and watch South Park. However, There is one episode that popped into my head recently that is such a perfect illustration of what I want to talk to you about today. And you know how I love to tell a story. So I'm going to tell a story, third hand, third party retelling of something that happened to one of the main characters, Cartman. Now, if you have never seen South Park and you don't know who Cartman is as a character, he is an (laughs) arsehole. Okay. He is a 10 year old boy. 10-year-old kid living in a quiet mountain town in Colorado in the US. And he is a bastard. He's a full-on sociopath. He does awful shit to people all the time. I won't go into the details. (laughs) If you know, you know. Yeah, the kid's a twat. Anyway, the episode that I want to talk to you about today is called Cartman Land, right? And in this episode, Cartman comes into some inheritance. His poor grandma passes away. Not that he's that fast. Like I say, sociopath. And he comes into $1 million. Now he finds this out, he loses his shit completely. And he runs to the bank to withdraw every single cent of that $1 million. Because he has a plan. He decides that he wants to buy his own amusement park. So cut ahead to the office where he sat with the lawyers signing the contracts to buy an existing amusement park off the current owner, Frank. Who looks a little bit sheepish. He looks a little bit uncertain about this. They're all ready to sign the contracts when Frank suddenly says he has this pang of guilt and he says, no, I can't do it because I've not been honest with you. Now, he confesses that the park isn't making any money. It hasn't done for ages and the business is failing because they can't get people through the door. Now, at this point, Cartman says, I could not care less, good sir, (laughs) because he is not buying it to let people in, but to keep them out. Like I say, Cartman's a bastard. He loves all the rides, but he hates the lines. He hates other people. And he just wants this entire amusement park all to himself. So at this point, Frank is just like, yeah, fine, you can have it. Don't feel guilty anymore. 
off he goes. Cartman gets into his amusement park and probably for one day has the absolute time of his life going on all of these rides all by himself, just living his best life. Just have to point out that I can fully relate to the idea of going to an amusement park all day and not having to queue for anything. Actually, that sounds amazing for so many other things in life, but hey ho, it doesn't work out well for Cartman. I'm not going to spoil it, but you know, it doesn't work out well for him. So anyway, he's having such a good time and he's such a prick. He even runs an ad on TV to rub it in people's faces that he has an amusement park, but they're not allowed in. He writes a fucking jingle. It's like, so much to do at Cartman Land, but you can't come. It's like, oh God, you, you get it, right? You don't even have to watch South Park. You know what a prick he is. Anyway, two of the other characters actually get called out personally in this ad. And they're so pissed off that they decide they're going to break in. They're like, no, Cartman, you're not having this all to yourself. We're going to break into your park. And they nearly manage it. They just about get over the fence. And when when Cartman spots them, right? So Cartman then realises that there's a threat to security at his amusement park. And so he has to hire a security guard. So this security guard comes along and Cartman says to him, you're ready to go, go and guard my park. And the guy says, well, what's, what's the salary for this job? Cartman, the naive 10-year-old that he is, says, well, I'll let you go on two rides a day. And obviously this guy says, no, you need to pay me actual money. Why don't you only let two people in a day for $29.95 and that will cover my daily salary? So Cartman very begrudgingly, he's like, oh, fine. He lets two people in. So now at this point, all of the people that have seen that ad on TV and all of the people who have been aware that they're not allowed to get into Cartman land get wind of the fact that Cartman is letting in two people a day and a buzz starts to build, right? Suddenly there's a queue of people outside the door. He lets his two people in and then a ride breaks down. So he has to hire a maintenance person. So he has to let another two people in a day. Now this very slowly happens until all of a sudden... He has got thousands and thousands of people waiting outside the park to get in because he's increased the amount of people. I think by the end, there's like 800 people are allowed to come in a day. Now, remember, when Cartman first bought this amusement park, it was failing, right? The owner, Frank, couldn't get anybody in through the door. Suddenly, it's absolutely heaving, right? There are throes of people waiting at the door to get in every day. Now, the next thing that happens in this episode, I swear I'm getting to the end of this in a minute. It is sound business advice. You know, I always come back to business. Next thing in this episode is Carmen gets featured on a TV show which hails him as a young financial genius for turning a failing theme park with less than 100 attendees a day into a thriving park with attendance in the thousands. And they say he did it with what's being hailed as the brilliant you can't come in technique. By telling everyone that they weren't allowed to come, it made the public crazy with FOMO. And suddenly it cuts to all of these other businesses within this episode, like cinemas saying, no, you can't see this movie. Restaurants saying, no, we're not taking bookings. <laughs> and all of these businesses adopting this as a model, right? Now, this is obviously a cartoon. I know you might be thinking, Alex, we are quite a few minutes into this episode now, and all you've done is talk about the plot of South Park. I know it's a cartoon, everyone. I'm going somewhere with this. The you can't come in technique is not real. But scarcity marketing is a real thing. Okay, scarcity marketing is a real and very useful thing to be aware of. So what do I mean by that? All that scarcity marketing is, 
It's limiting the supply of a product by restricting either the window of time that it's available or the amount that are available. Sometimes both. Sometimes you can combine both of these things. Now, this absolutely works, right? We all want what we can't have. And let's be honest, we do like to show off when we manage to nab something exclusive that other people didn't get. We are knobs like that sometimes. (laughs) Scarcity marketing just takes advantage of that. It creates demand through the hype surrounding that exclusivity, through that fleeting offering. Think about how fast festival tickets sell out, right? You know that there's only a set capacity for how many people are going to be able to fit in that field. And you know that you have to get one as fast as possible before everybody else gets them. They're like Glastonbury tickets sell out in, what, 25 minutes sometimes? That is the scarcity surrounding a limited amount of something. Think about all the times you've walked past a restaurant that has a massive queue outside. Chances are you're thinking, wow, that place must be great, right? There's people queued around the block. Think about all the times when you've clicked on an ad on Instagram and there's a countdown clock that says you've got 24 hours and counting until your special discount expires, until this thing is going to cost more money, until the doors close on something which only has a limited number of seats or a limited number of spaces. It's scarcity. It's limited. There isn't an endless amount to go round. So you're more inclined to take action because you don't want to miss out right? You don't want to be stood outside the doors of Cartman land. Now, when stranger at full capacity, when we've taken on as many clients as we possibly can, we don't see a drop off in inquiries. If anything, more come through because people can see that when we're full, it's because there are other people that are interested, other people that want this thing, and it creates more of a buzz. Just like seeing a queue of people and thinking, I wonder what they're queuing for. You know, whatever they're waiting for must be great if everybody else wants it and I have to wait for it. Now, there are so many ways that you can inject this into your business, right? If you're selling a product, can you create a limited edition line of things and only make a set amount, number them if you have to, and say that when these are gone, they're gone. We're only going to run this for, you know, until this batch of products are gone and then that's it, done. If you've created something which is ongoing, And they're, you know, like a course or a digital product, which isn't necessarily ever going to run out because you can duplicate it because it can always be evergreen and selling on. Can you offer a small window of time when that is going to either come with a bonus or is going to be at a reduced price and keep that countdown clock ticking, right? Make sure that people know that this isn't going to last forever, that if they sit and think on it, they might miss out. Because it's that idea of missing out that you need to trigger in them. It's the FOMO. It's that other people are going to have this and you're going to miss your chance. That you kind of need to poke a little bit to get people really excited about the thing and to make them really, really want to buy from you. So have a think about that, my loves. How can you add more scarcity into your business? Because if your customers or clients can have everything from you whenever they fancy it, you might just have to be a bit more Cartman. All right, dears, ever the ridiculous episodes for me, but I hope that was a little bit helpful. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I will see you here next time. Got an idea for a maverick business of your own? Learn how to build a powerful brand that will get people obsessed with our online program, not just a pretty logo. 
you'll learn a simple step-by-step -step framework that will kickstart your killer brand and help you find your raving fan base. Find out more today at strangecreativestudio.com.